Praise the Lord. Last week we began our series, uh, this being Advent, this four-part series on <clears throat> the names of Christ as given by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9. And if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be doing a lot of looking up. If you want to follow along, you're welcome to, or just listen, that's fine. But in verse 2 of chapter 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The li a light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. Verse 6, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And today we're going to talk about the name of Mighty God. Names are not lightly given in the Bible. There's, for most of the prophets, as far as in all the prophets and all the, 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 the leaders, uh, the, the ones identified by God to do something in his name or for him, their names mean something. In fact, the person we call Joshua, uh, the Hebrew name for Joshua is Yeshua which happens to also be the Hebrew name for Jesus. So Jesus and Joshua both had the same Hebrew name of Yeshua. And Yeshua means Savior. And, uh, and Joshua was an uh, Israel leader and, and helped Israel uh, overcome their enemies uh, with God's help. And, and that's why he, he was given the name Savior. Uh, Jesus was also given the name Savior, but for an entirely different reason, a more magnificent reason than just a country uh, overtaking its enemies. <clears throat> Here we see that that Jesus is given the name Mighty God, and might, might or mighty uh, he relates to strength, ability, power. When I was a kid in Phoenix, there was a Christian group called the Power Team. I think they're still around, actually. I think I saw something about them a while back, but they're not nearly as prominent as they were in the 80s. They were huge. They were these big, muscle-bound guys that would do these feats of strength, including tearing a telephone book in half. Now our young people, I can't really appreciate what that entails, especially the Phoenix telephone book, which was at least six inches thick. And I watched this guy just tear it, rip it in half, and they'd bend metal bars and do all these feats of strength. And, of course, their message was, yeah, sure, they have a lot of power, but their power is nothing like God's power. Uh, and it was a basic gospel message. It was, it was good. I'm sure a lot of people uh, got saved from it. Uh, but young people came, came to see their power. But it's nothing like God's power. And, and so Jesus was given this name, Powerful God. And, and it, was more, it wasn't just a symbol. It was, in fact, for him, it was a reality. He was the one and only living and powerful God. In John chapter 14, In verse 9, 
<clears throat> Jesus said to him, talking to Philip, Jesus said to him, I've been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Whoever saw Jesus saw God, because Jesus is God. One of the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. Jesus was both fully God and fully man. He had to be fully God or he could not forgive sins. He had to be fully man or he could not take our place and receive the penalty for our transgressions. And so Jesus was therefore very unique, like nothing, like no one else, Jesus like no one else in all of creation, both in heaven and in the universe and on earth, there's no one else like him. He is unique. He is unique in his conception. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it reads, Angel talking to Mary. And the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come unto you, come upon you, and the power of the Most High, the power of the Most High, will overshadow you. The Holy One will be called the Son of God. I like uh, <clears throat> I like what a Puritan writer by the name of Stephen Charnock had to say about the conception of Christ. What a wonder is what a wonder is it that two natures infinitely distant should be more intimately united than anything in the world, yet without any confusion. That the same person should have both a glory and a grief, an infinite joy in the deity, and an inexpressible sorrow in the humanity. That a God upon a throne should be an infinite, an infant in a cradle. The thundering creator be a weeping babe and a suffering man are such expressions of mighty power as well as condescending love that they astonish men upon earth and angels in heaven, right? We're amazed. I talked about that last week, how we're amazed and angels in heaven are amazed at this. Unique in his conception. Also unique in his power. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. We read that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. I mean, he, he was very different than anybody else. And his power in the, in the Spirit of God, his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he received power from, from that and and and. Everything had power. His words had power. Later in chapter 4, verse 36, it reads, Amazement came over them all, and they were saying to one another, What is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, 
and they come out. And news about him began to go out to every place in the vicinity. His words had power. He, 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 he just he was so full of power, he even emanated power in Mark chapter 5. Verse 25, now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. Imagine all the stuff that, I mean, doctors nowadays have you do all kinds of crazy stuff. But 2,000 years ago, all the stuff they had her do all the different gross salves that she had to apply and, and drink, you know, potions of drink and maybe even got into superstitious stuff, you know, do this incantation. I don't know. But she spent all of her money on this, trying to get healed. On the contrary, she became worse. Verse 27, having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At once Jesus realized in himself that what power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Emanated power. We're going to come back to that story later on. We're not done with it, but he emanated power. And you know, he even conquered sin, conquered sin and death by dying. Who in, in human history has conquered anything? By dying. Usually if you die, you're done. That's it. You don't win. The winner is the one who's alive. Of course, he ended up being alive, right? So I guess that is the winner for him. But no one ever conquered, sin, conquered anything through death. Verse, uh, Colossians 2, verses uh, 13 through 15. And when you were dead in trespasses, this is the power uh, that, that he achieved through death, when you were dead in trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of, de of debt with its obligations. Sing, sing that song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. A certificate of debt with obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authority and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. 
through his death. To sacrifice. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You know why there's, we're not judged? We're not, we're not sentenced to death because Jesus paid the debt for us. He had the power to do that. Power of mighty God. We, we see it demonstrated in the life and works of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 16 through 20. I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of His strength. His power to us. You see, this power that Jesus received and had and demonstrated is the same power that God has working in us. Those of us who have confessed and forsaken our sin and looked to Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. Same power. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's the same power. But here's the problem we face. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. <clears throat> but know this, hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanders, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding the form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. We see a lot of people, these people, don't we? We see a lot of people living wicked lives, and we see people. This last verse, holding the form of godliness but denying its power. There's a lot of people that say they're a Christian, 
They even go to church once in a while, or maybe regularly. They may even give to the church once in a while, or even regularly. They may eschew uh, or, or reject. Uh, uh, they have certain standards or certain things they think is wrong, and we don't do that. We don't smoke or drink. We dress modestly. We... Uh, We go. We we do all the right things, follow the right standards. They don't have God in their heart, and they they don't have God in their heart. They don't have His power in their lives. What do I mean? When I, we talk a lot about the power of Christ, right? Now we're saying, you know, Christ's power is our power. What does that mean to us? What I'm, I'm a very boots-on-the-ground, practical Christianity kind of guy. And I, I, I'm not interested in just leaving it as, oh, you have power, go forth and be powerful. That means nothing. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some examples of God's power, what God's power is for us, is to us. With God, through God, we have the power to change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. There's When someone gets serious with God, when they're, when they're being real with God, and they, and they, and they confess to their sins to God, and, and say, I'm done with that life, I don't want to live that life anymore, God, I want Jesus so I believe that Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. I want him to be Lord of my life. Something happens inside a person. It usually results in shedding of tears. Not always, though, but usually. And there's this glow about them. Why? Because the burden that they had is gone. They're, they're, they, they feel lighter. They feel better. Something has changed in the person. And, and they find their priorities are different. I remember Lori telling me not long after she was saved, she had a party for her friends. She invited a bunch of her friends over. And she said, Pastor Daryl, I was sitting on my couch and I was watching, listening to the conversations and watching people. And she, she said, I realized... These are no longer my people. She had changed. Something was radically different about her. <clears throat> Through God, we have the power to change. If, if there's no noticeable change in your life, say, Pastor Daryl, I know I did that. You know, I, I, I said all the words. I said I believed in Jesus and and... 
But there, none of that, that happened to me. My life didn't really change. My heart didn't really change. They need to go back. It's time for a do-over. And God is the God of second, third, and, and thousand chances. And just go back to God and, and get real again and, and, and bring it to the Lord. And don't get up until you, you decide, okay, God's done something for me. Through God, we have the power to give victory. I'm sorry. God, through God, we have the power to give victory over sin. God gives us the power to have victory over sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, He will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. God, we have victory over any sin in our life. If you still feel... Pastor Joe, I still feel like I'm a slave to sin in some some sin. I'm still a slave to it. I can't get victory over it. I, I, I just feel like I have no choice in the matter. And I suggest you see the first, go back to the first power that I talked about. Go to God. Ask Him to change your heart. Because with salvation, God gives us the power to give victory, to get victory over sin. God, through God, we also have the power, or God has the power to provide for us. Provide us what we need. Did you know that? Luke chapter 12, verse 23. Jesus said, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Do you worry much? Worry what you might have, what tomorrow is going to bring. Worry uh, if you have enough food, uh, your bills going to be paid. Do you worry about that? Why do you worry? If you're surrendered to Him, God will provide for you. God, I, 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 David, and I think Solomon too, both said that they'd never seen a man or woman of God begging for bread, God provides. God has the power to provide. If you've never gotten a chance <clears throat> to see God provide, you're missing out. It's neat to see. And all you got to do is ask Him to show you. God gives us the uh, God. God ha 
God's power is the power to lead. God leads us. Doesn't just let us wander around of our own accord. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own, but He will speak whatever He hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit God gives us. The Spirit that leads. Are you, are you waiting for the Lord's guidance on big decisions? I find I still am mystified. I come across people who have big important decisions to make, and I I and, and I ask them if they've gone to the Lord about it. They spent time in fasting and prayer on this big decision, and and often all too often the answer is no. And we get ourselves in trouble. I have. I admit it. I admit it. I've jumped the gun t- at times. I haven't sought the Lord's counsel on major decisions. And I would just leap into a situation that I shouldn't have been in the first place. And, I, and it caused pain and suffering. And if I just waited for the Lord, waited for His guidance, I wouldn't have gotten that bind. God, God has the power to heal. Acts chapter 3, verse 12. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, fellow Israelites. Why are you amazed at this? He just healed somebody. Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? What, whose power was it? It was God's. God has the power to heal. God has the power to heal physically. God has the power to heal emotionally. God has the power to heal relationships. God doesn't always heal, does He? Sometimes He sees in our best interest to not heal, to not heal immediately. But I tell you one thing, that God's always ready and willing to heal, and that's a sick soul. A sin-sick soul. I've watched God heal relationship after relationship. We had one couple here that, when they first came, they were on the brink of divorce. And at one point, finally, both of them were willing to surrender themselves to God. And that made all the difference. There was a huge transformation. And now their, their marriage is, is very strong. Way ahead from being ready to just call it. Power to heal. And through Christ, 
Finally, one last power. Through Christ, we have the power to overcome. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The Spirit of Christ resides within us. We have the power to conquer. We serve a mighty God. I challenge you, if you have not, even if you have, ask God to demonstrate His might in your life. And be daring enough to step out on faith to see it happen. We'll close with two stories. Both of them related to children. But before we do that, let's go back to Mark chapter 5. The story of the woman with the illness. Verse 31. Remember Jesus, they just said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She told him the whole story. She probably was talking 90 miles a minute and blubbering while she was doing it. In 34, he said, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. You see, trust in Jesus unlocks his power in our lives. Children believe so easily. They haven't been jaded by this world. And, and when they pray, they, they believe, well, God heard my prayer. And, and he's going to help me. The, uh, the children's home in Florida, when I toured it, I heard the story of a little boy. They would, all the kids, every, every so often, I don't know how often, but they would pray for different things, and, and they'd pray for food. And this boy, little boy, prayed, God, bring, bring us a boatload of bread. And the director kind of chuckled, the boatload of bread comment. But a few days later, this man comes with bread. He had a ton of it. He had so much of it, it didn't fit in his vehicle. And, and he didn't have a, a trailer. But what he did have... And so he brought a boatload of bread. And that little boy got to see God answer his prayer. And then that, the second story at the church that Missy and I attended when I was dating her in Kentucky. 
little family, not very well off, didn't have a whole lot of money at all. Mom was walking by the little girl's room and, and the little girl was praying. And the little girl asked Jesus to, uh, to give her a green bicycle for Christmas. And the mom walked away and, and she was like, oh, Lord, you know, it's going to be tough enough finding a bike that we can afford. Why did it have to be green, too? But that little girl didn't ask mom or dad for the bike. She asked Jesus. And a, couple, a little while later, a few days maybe, another woman in the church was out yard sailing. Didn't know anything about the bicycle or the family or any of that. She was at a yard sale and, and she saw a little bicycle and and. God impressed on her heart that she needed to buy that bicycle for that specific family. And so she did. And she brought it to the mom. And I heard the mom testify about all this. And she didn't say how she reacted, but I have a feeling she broke down in tears. Because that woman had brought a little green bicycle. Because the little girl didn't ask mom or dad, she asked Jesus. And Jesus has the power to help and answer prayer. And whatever you're going through, God is more than capable of fixing it. Whatever sin you've dealt with, there's grace to that abounds above it. So keen to... I glorify the power of evil. All these horror movies. I show how powerful evil is, right? That's what it's all about. How powerful evil is. God's grace just, just smashes it like it's nothing. May God demonstrate his power in our lives. Let's stand.